welcome to episode 50 of Sack King's Therapy, a landmark episode. Made it to 50, Fong. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It's almost a year. And, and yeah, didn't think we would be able to, honestly, I, I mean, I started thinking this was going to be a long-term thing, but I didn't really think we were going to make it to 50 episodes. I just wish it was on a happier occasion, because... <laughs> Boy, it was uh, two rough games. Uh, but right before we get into it, uh, you know, I have a little bit of a story today. Um, have had a pretty, you know, crappy day mostly today. Didn't have a great morning and didn't have a great afternoon. But when I got home, so I recently just bought a game called Near Automata, a game that came out in 2017. So it is a bit on the older side, but I do love to play these games. So I'm playing it, and I get stuck on this mission. Called, uh, I think it's called King of the Valley, I think was what it's called. But basically, in this mission, you fight a boss that is very, very strong. He's way like higher level than you, and basically, it's going to be a grind trying to kill him. And so I, I basically equate him to something, you know, we play Destiny, so he's like basically soloing a raid boss, if that's the greatest comparison I can come up with. So I'm I'm going up against him. I get I whittle him down. I whittle him down. That health health bar is not going down. I'm grinding. Twenty straight minutes pass, and I finally get him to the point where like he has a slither of health left. You can barely see it. And then he randomly kills me in one shot, basically. Now of course I am pissed because I have spent the last you know the better part of twenty minutes trying to whittle this motherfucker down, and he just kills me. And, you know, I was dejected, but I was just going to go straight back at it. I, I do the same thing. The same thing kind of happens, except I don't whittle him down. I only whittle him down to, like, about, you know, 25% of his health. And this happens about three three or four more times. I actually lost count of how many times I killed, have almost killed this guy. Until around the fifth or sixth try, I finally killed this motherfucker. And, I'm, and I rejoice. Now, I, I totally... You know, could have just, you know, given up after the first try because, boy, that was deflating, you know, the first time. But I didn't. Because you know why? I take I take pride in these kinds of video games. I'm not going to let some little, some fucking overpowered-ass giant robot punk me like that. I am going to fight him, and I'm going to beat his ass, and I am going to fuck, fucking, you know, laugh over his damn grave. Now, if only the Kings had that level of pride, we, we would have had two better games. So let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Toronto Raptors. Um, I don't have the date. Oh, okay. Uh, January 8th. Um, so the Raptors were without Kyle Lowry. Kings go off to a blazing start. We were basically scoring at will. Balls moving smoothly. We're getting dunks. We're getting layups. We're getting open threes. Only problem was the Raptors are also doing the same thing. So, you know, we actually uh, led them 46 to 35, a 46 point quarter. That has to be a Kings record. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but basically, defense just was not existent. And going into uh, the second quarter, um, the Raptors start to kind of get more rhythm and our defense never picked up and our offense started to slow down. But you know, we still kind of held them. I think we led by the half, but basically it was 
Club offense. The offense was not the not a problem at all. We were getting whatever we wanted, but we were also letting the Raptors get whatever they wanted. And basically, the game was way closer than it ever needed to be. What were, what, give me your thoughts on the first two quarters of the Raptors game. Yeah, that first quarter, I, sadly, I didn't watch it, but we got a lot of assists and we got, you know, the ball moving. And, uh, yeah, we had that op- kind of offense that kept the Raptors in check pretty much throughout that first quarter. It's just, yeah, like you said, defense. And that's going to be, like, the one word that we're going to repeat probably a lot between these two games. It's it's pretty, I would say it's pretty atrocious. It is, yeah, atrocious would be putting it lightly. And, you know, I'm going to keep hammering this down. We actually got a 19-point lead in the in the first quarter and it slowly dwindled and you know uh, kind of jumping ahead a little bit we i think i think we lost by like 20 something so you know it because we were up 19 i'm looking at i'm looking at the kings you know the raptors are reeling right now you guys gotta go for the kill lock in on defense force more turnovers and just demoralize the, the raptors and just have an easy win well, you know, you already know the result. <laughs> they didn't do that. So the Kings need to find a way to lock in and go for the kill. I'm going to keep hammering this down every goddamn time they do this. Yeah, that some stats I would ha- like to mention for the first two quarters, I'd say, is uh, first quarter we had 13 assists, which is really nice, I'd say. Uh, but in the second quarter, I heard the commentators say that we only had one by the time the 8.30 mark hit. And, you know, I don't want to say it's the offense like you have mentioned, but yeah, it's something needs to change about that defense. I don't know. You know, it's just like you need something to be able to fall back on in case the offense just isn't going. Because, you know, sometimes you, you just don't make shots. It, it happens. And, you know, coincidentally, that's uh, that's where the Raptors started to kind of make their run. And, you know, like the defense just cannot be a pushover like it is. Somebody needs to kind of take more pride in their defense. And we have seen flashes of it, but it's never consistent. And the Kings don't bring it when they really need to. Mm-hmm. And they had it. They had a chance when they were up 19. You had to lock in and just go and just kill them, push them off the cliff, whatever the analogy is. But they didn't do it, and the Raptors got back in the game. Yeah, sadly, we had I forgot how many turnovers as well. We we got quite a few turnovers too, especially. Uh, with Rashawn out with four fouls during towards the end of the second, that's that's not good. <laughs> I'd say too. Yeah, and your last hope for any real defense on the back line is basically gone because Hassan didn't play this game. And Luwan talked about it uh, in the post game conference. He it was a matchup based, you know, it was a matchup based decision, and he he just didn't think Hassan could do much out there, or he just couldn't keep up and. You know, like a lot of Kings Twitter we're talking about, and I like to agree with them just because Chris Boucher is, you know, you you can let him have a three. Like, he's mainly in, at the basket score. You know, just mix it up a little bit, I think. Just keep it a little bit consistent in terms of rotations and just, you know, get, give the Raptors a different look just to kind of throw them off a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, 
you know, going into, I'm going to just um, jump to this, you know, second quarter or second half so that we at least keep this a little bit, uh, I guess, I guess a little bit more structure. But basically, Kings and Raptors just trade buckets. Kings ball movement stops. We were getting very mad shots. I call them mad shots in that they're long threes that are kind of open. Like they're not good shots by any means. And on the other end, Fred Van Vliet on fire, just hitting all the threes in the world, looking like the 2019 finals basically against the Warriors and Chris Boucher, you know, getting it done. And it basically that's where they took the lead. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the second half. <laughs> and, you know, just to jump to the uh, fourth quarter, this is basically how the game ends. They the Kings open the quarter by giving up all the open threes and the Raptors take advantage by hitting all the open. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they scored the most threes in that one quarter alone. It uh, was literally in a in a few minutes. It went from a I think a six point lead or a three point lead to a twenty point lead. It's out of nowhere, basically. Yep, and we weren't hitting our shots either. So yeah, again, we this is this is the main takeaway from this game and the game we just watched. There needs to be some defense, some pride in the defense, because the main thing I see is that either guys are getting stuck on screens and then the big man has to jump out or, you know, the big man drops way too far back and it just gives up an open three anyways. And it's it, that's a problem. And, you know, the ball hand, I think it, it's on the ball handlers because, you know, the, the screeners man can only do so much a lot of the time. You know, they have to cover the ball handler and the role man. And there's only so much you can do. Like on yeah. that end, unless your name is like Draymond Green or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvin Bagley is not Draymond Green. <laughs> Rashawn Holmes, while good, is not Draymond Green. Yeah. So, you know, the, I think the ball handlers need to do a little better on that end. Again, somebody needs to get up in their face about this shit. It's getting very frustrating to watch. Yeah, sadly, that's not going to happen in the next game. But I guess... In the positive note, uh, happy belated birthday to Gwen Robinson the third. Happy that birthday was... to him. I think 27, you said, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yesterday was his birthday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It, it was his birthday during this game. Yes. Yeah. Another another note I have is that but, but, uh, this has become my least favorite thing on the on the uh, Kings, other than watching Marvin play defense. Uh, Buddy taking rush contested threes. And it's usually when we're down <laughs> that he takes these threes that I absolutely hate now because it's – he's a great three-point shooter. Let's not get it twisted. But he he's shooting 35% from three. I had no clue he was shooting that bad from three, and he's shooting like 39% from the field. And this is one of the reasons why because he kind of starts to go for you know these home run shots, let's just say, contested threes like from 30 feet away like – it's becoming a thing where I just do not ever want him like shooting that shot. If he shoots an open three, fine. Like you know, he's automatic when it when it's open. But he's just taking way too many many of these contested shots. If you can't get the open shot, you know, either make a quick decision and drive to the rim or pass it to another person and then immediately cut. Like maybe do a little give and go. Something you got to do something right away because if he doesn't shoot it right away, he kind of pauses and it kills the flow of the offense. And then you know, you know, the worst case scenario, he starts to dribble and try to iso, and it usually doesn't lead to anything good. Yeah, our our also another favorite word iso. <sighs> 
Well, yeah. so, so that's the kind of the summary of the game. It the the offense was for the most part fine. It was actually really good in a lot of stretches. We actually shot I think 66% and we somehow lost. That's just that's incredible. And De'Aaron Fox talked about it in the post in the post game conference. Uh, he said he basically said somebody you know like when you shoot 66% from the field you're not supposed to lose. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have any more thoughts on the Raptors, you want to move to Portland? It's it's a tough one. <laughs> you could say that. It, I, it's somehow it's. I mean, I kind of knew this going in just because we couldn't hold the Raptors, who are by the way, well, two and six now, but they were one yeah. and six coming into the game, and they have and without Kyle Lowry, mind you, their primary offensive initiator. Especially with their defense too, which is also pretty lackluster, I'd say. Yeah, but they still have long athletes. Sure, they lost Marcus All and Serge Ibaka, two very smart veterans. But like, they still have very, they still have defensive talent. Mm-hmm. It's just that you know their offense has been shit. But you know they looked real good this game. Oh yeah. And, and then you look at the lineup that Portland has with C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard and. I, I guess Carmelo. I, I'm not a fan of Carmelo, but like they have scores. And I knew this was unless the Kings were going to figure something out on defense, this was going to be ugly to watch. And it was before we get into it. Uh, Halliburton started this game because Rashawn Holmes was a late scratch. I believe a sore ankle or a sore knee. I don't remember which one. I think it was a sore ankle. Sore ankle. So, um, yeah, so basically the same things except against a very a much better offensive team. Uh, Buddy was absolutely awful to start. He picked up two quick fouls and was you know jacking up shots and playing pretty awful defense. And yeah, that we devolved an ISO ball and yeah, it basically I was pissed by the end of the first quarter already. Yeah, luckily didn't watch the first quarter, but you know the rest of the game wasn't much better so yeah can't can't say much about that yeah but the game did get a little better like we played some zone we threw them off a little bit there here's a here's a stat in the second quarter we had 10 assists on 12 made field goal at the seven minute mark of the second quarter so that tells me offense is not the problem we're we're moving the ball we're getting assists although there were some ugly turnovers but like our offense has was fine I'm not playing any defense, letting the Trailblazers score 38 points in the first quarter. That's the problem. It's the defense. And there wasn't enough intensity on that end, in my opinion. I see. I noticed that there were some plays where there would be Bagley on either Willard or McCollum. And, you know, McCollum, of course, shoots over Bagley. And, you know, Bagley, I'd, I'd say he, he his defense was good for what he could do against McCollum, but, you know, McCollum was hitting those threes. Uh, what do you think uh, we should do with uh, Bagley if he does switch onto those two guys? There really isn't much he can do. He has to give them space. So, so like, literally giving up an open three is probably the best option. I just like to see him, you know, move his feet. Because right oh. now, I, it's it's ugly. Like like when Damian Lillard drives or CJ McCollum drives, it is like a, he's a he's a traffic code out there right now. 
and it's it's something that needs to be worked on. I don't know if he can improve it, like you know, in this season. But his lateral quickness needs to be better. He needs to be lighter on his feet somehow. Mm-hmm. And and then you have the defensive instinct stuff, where like, you know, he's just not in the right place ever. And then like you add to the fact he, I don't feel like he ever sprints on defense, like to the neck to you know rotate or you know get down to protect the rim. I I just I just he needs basically I suggest just locking him in a room until the next game and just have him watch defensive clips. Just watch Draymond Green, watch you know Andrew Bogut back in the day, and watch like guys like Rudy Gobert. How do they protect the rim? You know you got to you know move those hips. Work you know work on your hips and just moving your feet because boy it was just it was embarrassing watching him guard Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Yes, yes, it is. It's it's terrible. Uh, there was a just Justin James checked into the game in the second quarter. He he checked in, missed an alley oop, a beautiful alley oop pass for from uh, Halliburton. But you know, it is what it is. Um, I I don't know about Justin James, man. Like you, this, I I get that it's kind of the second season. Like he's it's only his second season, and like he hasn't played much. But that'd be a little better than that. Yeah, I mean, we had other players. Uh, I probably would have White, maybe Gwen Robinson in there. But, you know, we're missing that Rashawn and, you know, Luke's decision to put him there. You know, if Daquan Jeffries was healthy, he'd be playing. And Justin James wouldn't. And it's it's not the greatest sign for Justin James. But, you know, he is a long athlete. You can tell how long he is. But, you know, he's got he's to gotta find a way to apply that onto the court in, in an effective role. Yeah. Sadly, also, you know, I'm missing uh, Jabari Parker, which I believe he still has personal issues to take care of. Jabari Parker's not helping with the offense I'm so, or with the right. defense. I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> maybe a little bit on offense, but like he's not going to be any better than Marvin on that end. Like, I see. Yeah. But uh, a fun, fun little stat. Apparently, Blazers only hit one three by the two two ten mark of the quarter of the second quarter. But it didn't feel like it because you know they were getting layups and free throws just all the entire time. Yeah, and fouls. Only end up hitting two threes in the entire quarter, but it felt like they hit like ten. Yeah, they were still up too, and you know there was a there was like near the end of the quarter I remember where it was just a couple minutes of just mellow of just mellow hitting either mid range getting the fouls. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't seem like they were hitting threes, but yeah, they really extended that lead, which like you said. They went for that kill. They did. They trapped Buddy on like one play, and that's what you got to do. That's what I mean by going for the kill. And oh, no, that was the third quarter. My bad. But like, yeah, Mello was good. Although I, I will say, like, I, he complains so much for a guy. I mean, he was a star. Don't get me wrong. And he was really good in his prime. He's not a star anymore. You don't get to complain about foul calls anymore. You're not quick <laughs> enough to draw fouls anymore. Like, what are you talking about? He flops, and and he was getting the call this game. It was pretty annoying to, like, look at. And I'm just like, that's not a foul. Like, he's just he's just flopping and complaining. And, like, at, at one point, I was watching the Blazers broadcast at this point, and they were talking about, like, how Belly basically raised his shoulder It was and then just got him on the chin. Uh-huh. And Mello looked like, looked like Belly swung his elbows violently <laughs> at his face or something. 
<laughs> and I'm just, and then the Blazers announcers were saying they got to check that for flagrant. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Talking about a flagrant? He just raised his shoulder. Like it was nothing intentional about that. I wasn't, I was not enjoying the uh, Blazers broadcast. No, it's not the same when uh, Melo did that karate chop on uh, Whiteside. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, you, you have anything else for the first half? No, but yeah, we were getting a lot of fouls. Like there was plays that I thought like they, I felt like the team knew that they couldn't defend, so they had to resort to a foul. Like they were getting to the paint real quick and real well. I, I'm saying the Blazers are, and uh, yeah, it, it seems like it just needs a reform of defense. Like we have guys in the paint that aren't really trying to defend that well so all i gotta say is get better defense well there were some encouraging signs to a little bit i I, will get to it but starting with the third quarter um you know kings just start out ugly just turning the ball over and then just missing these kind of contested shots at the and some bunnies as well it, it was bad, and th- midway th- through the third quarter, K- Blazers started to smell blood. You know what they did? What did they do? Now, say it with me, Fa. They went for the kill. Oh, and, did they now? <laughs> and that's just, like, it's so annoying to see when, you know, the other team, like, knows how to do it. And that, this is where this is the part where I, I'm just going to bring up this this fact a lot of people have, have talked about this you know jason jones kenny Careway. i'm pretty sure a lot of other podcasts hosts who talk about the kings like they kings need a a kind of asshole like somebody needs to get in their face and tell these guys to play deep and you know like somebody just needs to start taking pride in their defense they're getting blown by they're getting scored on they, they got dunked on a few times too pretty brutally like somebody yeah. needs to tell, like let like the players know on the Kings to say that shouldn't happen. Like you are a professional basketball player. You do that. You you can't let that shit happen to you. And <sighs> there are two guys that pop up in my mind when that happen. When I say uh, somebody needs to get in someone's face, Boogie Cousins and Iman Shumper. We need that guy <laughs> on the team right now because. This kind of shit is unacceptable, and I don't see anyone that's just pissed off about it. I'll see, like, Buddy slam the ball on the ground, but that's about it. Somebody needs to get up in somebody's face, and that's how you that's how you fire up the team to play some better defense. <sighs> Who do you think is going to be the first one to blow up in this team to, you know, voice out their opinion? You know what? I'm going to go with kind of a, <laughs> kind of a dark horse uh, candidate. Part of me thinks he's not staying past this season. Luke Walton. I think it's going to be Luke Walton blowing up at some point. Uh, I I, I kind of wish he did it this game, but so far, nothing. But I just, I just can't stand, like, just, like, the, t- the team just with blank faces on them. Somebody needs to just be pissed off on the bench. Like, what the fuck? Like, why is he just getting right by you and just getting an easy mid-range shot and then open threes? Yeah, I, I don't know who would be blowing up like within the team. I want to say Tyrese, maybe, maybe Fox, but 
Not not this year, because even though he's really important to the team, I don't think you can do that as a rookie. Maybe no. next year, but I don't think you can do that as a rookie. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, we really we should just sign Iman back or something. Grab Look, someone. You know, like, you know, just wave somebody. I, I hate to, you know, I don't, I, well, I'm, I'm kind of growing attached to this team, so I don't want to wave anybody, but like, hell, hire him as an assistant coach, something. Yeah, even like a just a small role, just just him for him just to be there. Hell, for the love of God, hire Kendrick Perkins, just like <laughs> anybody right now, because some, it, you know, it's a young team, and like somebody just needs to let them know that this shit is not okay, not okay for the team, and it's not okay for us fans to watch this garbage. Like, if fans were in the in the arena, they'd be booing the shit out of them right now. Yeah. Be booing them like you know hell in a cell in 2019 it was 2018 oh dear god with the fiend and seth rollins it would been that level of like you know heat oh gosh wait that's the sacramento one was it that is the that is the sacramento one that's the hell uh, in a cell one i was there yeah you you know how it was it was oh my gosh yeah that's the kind of heat i would uh give out but yep no fans there and all we could do is just voice our opinions in social network. Yeah. Well, uh, qu- fourth quarter, th- th- this is the only kind of bright spot of, of, of the game. You know, De'Aaron Fox comes out. He he starts, you know, sliding his feet. He's putting pressure on C.J. McCollum. Like, that's the kind of defense I want to see more often. And Tyrese was doing his part, you know, being long, getting deflections. Like, and then, you know, Buddy was fronting Melo, making, letting him know that he's not going to just easily post up and get to his spot. Unfortunately, it was all killed by Hassan Whiteside, but that's the kind (laughs) of defensive intensity I want to see. Like, that was them finally giving a shit, basically. And... That's what we need more of. And that's that's the kind of thing also that the team needs to do when they're going for the kill. Yeah. Lock in, you know, get up in people's faces, you know, take away their spots, not even let them get a shot off. Some something like that. But, you know, this is a work in progress and I hope th- that this is the lesson that the team t- takes away. They need to be able to up the defensive intensity. <sighs> yeah, hopefully when's our next game? Our uh, next game is two days from now. I think so Monday. Monday. So hopefully on Monday. Let me check. Do you remember which? Check right now. So Portland at Sacramento today. It is going to be Indiana. And Indiana's been good. So that's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough team. Yeah, it'll be tough. But you know, at least we need to see some glimpses of defense. Some glimpses that we saw in that fourth quarter throughout the whole team, throughout the bench. We just need to see those glimpses. So we, as fans, you know, are assured that we have faith in this team for the better future. Yeah, you know, like this t- this season isn't like make it or break it, like a lot of people are trying to make it out to be. It, mm-hmm. it is for more or less kind of, I don't want to say a gap year or anything like that, but, you know, you make the playoffs, cool, that's great. You don't make the playoffs, it's fine. Because this is an amazing draft coming up. And, you know, if you're anywhere from one to eight, you got, you're got you going to get like a franchise-level superstar, probably. At least from what I'm what I'm hearing. 
So it's not the worst thing to, you know, be bad this season, but I want to see foundational growth somehow. And, you know, like this team, I, I mean, I was slating them to not to, you know, only win the Bulls game up to this point, and we're four and six. So I think it's for the most part is fine, even though some of the losses have been really ugly. But mm-hmm. it's there are bright spots. As I said, the offense is not an issue, really. It's more or less the, you know, the defense that we need to fix. And, you know, I think the things that I'm talk that I've talked about, like, you know, maybe the Marvin thing isn't like as fixable, but like he could at least like learn to play some positional defense, just learn how to, you know, up his defensive IQ and stuff like that. There, th- These are fixable things. And, you know, we're, you just got to, for this season, my, my, I guess, goal for the team would be to just lay down those foundational pieces you know, and on offense and defense. It looks like, you know, we have a foundational piece in Tyrese Halliburton. I'll, I'll, I'll always be able to create something nice and get the, get the ball moving and get the offense running. But mm-hmm. sub, we still need a defensive piece. Yeah, well, we'll just have to see. Yeah. So that. Oh yeah. By the way, Hassan, we we were kind of starting to make a a bit of a run. Like we got it under twenty. That was nice. Um, yeah. And then Hassan Whiteside decided to kill all of it by. So what ended up happening was Melo smacks him really hard in the face, and Hassan just goes down and looks shaken up. And basically, uh, Harrison Barnes, while Hassan is down, goes and misses a layup. No no call. No foul. And then CG McComb comes back and hits a three. And then Hassan gets a technical because why not, I guess. No, 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 no. What happened was uh, CG McCollum uh, draws a foul on the other end, gets two free throws. Hassan gets a technical by shoving cancer, so it's three free throws right there. And then we, I think, turn it over on the next possession, and then CJ or I think Melo hits a three, and that was basically the game. So, you know. Like this is also another kind of lesson. You can't pick up a technical at this at this point. Like just let it go. I, I know like cancer is annoying and like will bully you sometimes, but like you gotta let that shit go and just play basketball. And honestly, I felt like they should have taken out Hassan right there. Yeah, he looked, he looked really badly shaken up. It's like Melo got him really good in the face. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah, that 20-point lead turned to dirty, but, you know, dropped it to 26, at least. So we ended up at 125 to 99. That's, you know, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, again, it's it's a micro... Both of these games are a microcosm of the bigger issue. Defense. Intensely. Just needing that, needing to kind of grow on that end, and you know, De'Aaron show show good glimpses of being that leader, but I think there needs to be a more vocal, not that kind of leader who's going to get up in your face. Yeah, we need that veteran, and not yeah, that Corey I, I don't know who that kind is. of veteran. <laughs> I just don't know who that is right now, like on this team, unless we just like get somebody. Yeah, as of right now, can't see anyone, but yeah, you have a made made a good point. Luke has to say something about this and we'll we'll see what he says or how he shapes his team for the next few games yeah because it's not it's going to be a pretty rough stretch we have indiana portland again the clippers 
New Orleans will probably have pretty awful defense, so we'll just have to find a way to outscore them. So it's, I mean, it's going to be a rough stretch, and you know, again, we've, I feel like we've overachieved already, and you know, I'm happy with just what we've done so far, but. Some of these games are frustrating to watch because I just don't see any intensity, any desire, any pride. You know, like you, you should be offended that you know that other teams are coming in and just scoring on you at will, just punking you on your home floor like this. Oh yeah. So that's what I want to see, and you know, I don't know if this is going to happen anytime soon, but I hope by the end of the season we're going to take, you know, the Kings are going to take, you know correct steps towards achieving that yeah let's hope so because i, I kind of don't want to see that team defensive rating right now uh, i think we're doing like last time we were like you know top 20 or something like that it's, it's pretty bad yeah so that that's our main takeaway you have anything else you want to add mm, not really haven't heard much news so far that's all I have. So, you know, if you have nothing else to say, like, you know, we'll, we'll kind of cut it off here. Sorry that it's a bit of a bit of a rambly negative episode, but we just we just watched two really ugly games back to back. And, you know, back to backs are no fun for the NBA players. And it really was no fun for us to watch it. Either. So sorry for being a little a bit of a Debbie Downer, but yeah, it was it was not fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it is how it is. And it comes with that type of job. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it sucks that my mood is, like, attached to how well the Kings play, but that it is what it is, and I just, for the love of God, just please play better goddamn basketball. I don't want to watch this for another 70 games. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. uh, that's it for us uh, for this episode. You know, happy 50 episode for us, and we're going to keep making these. Yep. We'll see you in Indiana. Not really. <laughs> well, yeah, not Indiana. But also, when you guys have a chance, check out the Naruto rewatch that we just posted. Uh, if you're if you're a Naruto fan, a Pope, you know, just go, go and check it out. Hopefully, you guys like it. And if you're not a Naruto fan, maybe still check it out. Maybe it'll get you into Naruto because Naruto, those first few episodes are pretty good. Oh yeah. You can you can skip episode two though. And that's yeah. Oh yeah, please, for the love of God, please. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll catch you guys uh, probably after the Indiana. I don't know yet. Well, we'll we'll see. All right, we'll see you guys later.